welcome to another episode of Mimi's Moments. I'm here to inspire, uplift, and encourage. And today, oh my gosh, I have my sisters with me. We're here. I have Tolu Afolayan. Hi. I have Opie Ogurudie. Let me say this properly. Okwayemi Ogurudie with me. I have Oni Olowokere with me. Guys, we're going to be talking about something quite touchy, but I feel like it's not really addressed, so I feel like we should address it and talk about it more, because it affects our everyday life, and I feel like this will bless people out there. So we're all going to be talking about our daddy issues, Mm -hmm. because we all have them. Some of us have them. Some people are very blessed to not have daddy issues, but some people have it. And it's not just for people that don't have their father living in the house. Tolu and Ore and Oyin actually had their... Oh, as well, did you have your father living in the house with you? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 feel, I feel like I'm the only one here that didn't have my dad living with me. But everybody else had their dads living with them in some kind of way. So, um, I think we should all open the floor, say, um, just introduce yourselves and then say if you lived with your dad or not and state if your relationship is good with your dad right now or not. I think I'll start first. So everybody knows me, I'm Mimi. I never lived with my dad. I actually never ever lived with my dad. I think the longest I've stayed in the house with my dad is about a month um but yeah i've never lived with my dad and my relationship with my dad right now is okay but i feel like it could be better okay um yeah, this is tolu so growing up i did live with my dad it was kind of a part-time arrangement where he would be around in my family home um during the week but then wouldn't really see him no, wouldn't see him during the weekends. Um, I may disclose why that was the case a bit later on. Um, in terms of my relationship with my dad, it's, um, it's a bit funny because my dad doesn't live in the UK anymore. He oh. lives in Nigeria. And I would say it's civil. We're not very close. Uh, we talk maybe every few months, but it's very much, hi, how are you, small talk, like niceties. We don't have a very deep relationship. Oh. Um, but it's, it's, it's okay. We're, we're civil. Okay. Hi, my name is Oye. Um, yes, my dad lived with us up until. To be honest, I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know when he kind of just like left. left. Yeah. Um, I feel like there were issues and they mm. were apparent. So I feel like there was a time period where he was in and out, and mm. then he was back, mm. and then he was gone. gone. And I think this must have been around. 15 years ago. Oh, really? So, that long ago? Yeah. I feel wow. like he wasn't at home when any was around. Born. But wow. he was, I feel like he was. Mm. But it was weird. There, were, there was a time period maybe when I was, maybe when I was 15 or 16, 15 mm. maybe mm. that's when he left, which was like 12 years ago. So. Wow. Mm. Yeah. My relationship with my dad at the moment is not the best, mm. unfortunately. Mm. Um, yeah. 
Which is quite sad because my dad is like the closest one. He's like me yeah. to some extent. Yeah. And um, yeah, unfortunately, we're not on good, not on good terms at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. OP. Yeah, so hi everyone. My name's Ope. Ope, I Um, I lived with my dad from forever, I guess, up until uh, I went to uni. Um, so being born in Nigeria, growing up in Nigeria, the 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 parent who looked after us was my dad. Um, when my mum was in England, so he looked after us. Um. And then when we moved to England, there was a period of time where he stayed in Nigeria, and so he would only come over the summer, four to six weeks, mm. and then eventually he also moved to England. So I would say consistently up until I was 18. Okay. Um, my dad always lived with us in one capacity, or in one way or the other, he was always just there. Mm. Um, up until I was 18, I guess. Okay. When I went to uni, but then obviously then coming back from uni, there was the demise of their marriage so mm. he just no longer was physically there or mm. i was no longer living with him but then i was i was of age i didn't have to yeah. my relationship with my dad right now is non-existent mm-hmm. yes so i think it's um it's been like that for years mm. um but more so i've come to a place of acceptance mm. from last year okay. so about a year ago there was just that understanding that this is actually just okay. And mm. I think going forward, I, I may also touch on it, what brought about that decision. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's non-existent right now. Okay. So, I do feel like we've kind of, like, sort of established the relationships that we have with our dads, mm. if, we, if, we, if we're being honest. And I do feel like we've kind of drifted into the next question which is do we feel like we have daddy issues i definitely know i have daddy issues i i know for a fact that i have my daddy issues and i i feel like um over the year like over the past year i've um come to realize that it's affected my life in ways that I never thought of. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like even in making decisions to do with my life, I feel like because of the issues I've had with my dad in the past, I've let that affect my everyday issues, my issues to do with making decisions for myself um and it's affected my confidence it's affected um how i look at myself inwardly and outwardly it affected me in so many ways and um i feel how do i say this i feel scared to tell my dad some of the issues i have i don't feel confident enough to say you affected me in this way or you affected my life in this at this period or you 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 did you were like one of the main reasons why i've lived my life in this kind of way i feel scared to tell him that 
and I hope that he listens to this and I hope he gets more of an understanding of my life and how he affected my life. Um, my dad, my dad was young when he had me, when they had me, I, I, he was 24 and okay, truly, really and truly, I don't feel like a 24 year old a guy would, it, it knows anything about fatherhood, but I feel like they would learn as they go along and I feel like they would at least make an effort, but I don't feel like my dad did that and I feel like that was a problem for me I feel like he had a child and okay you had the child the child was not planned but how do you move on from that like okay the child is here like what what do we do like how do you make an effort with the child you know and my mom was young as well my mom's 24 she had the full responsibility of looking after me and I thank God for my grandparents and I thank God for my mom because my mom never spoke bad of my dad mm. in front of me. Never ever, not once did she ever like diminish him in front of me, which I'm so grateful for. And she never like hated him in front of me. She didn't, she still don't, I don't feel like she hates him. I feel like they've come to that agreement now where it's like you have your relationship with her and I have my relationship with her and we value your opinion but if even if your opinion is not given life will go on mm -hmm. so that 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 was it for me um how do you guys feel about about your daddy issues basically are we going in, in the same way? We don't, have, have, to, we don't no. have to, no. So for, for me, like mm. growing up, my dad was everything. Mm. So like I said, when we lived in Nigeria, like he did everything for us. Mm. My dad took us to school, my dad picked us up from school. Mm. My dad washed our clothes. My dad fed us, mm. like sometimes physically fed us. Mm. My dad gave us baths mm. at night. Wow. This was all in the absence of my mom because mm. my mom was in England. Mm. So my dad was very much involved mm. in our lives growing up. Mm. And my dad never let us go on holiday to like another to like a family member's house or anything oh, okay. without physically being with us. Oh wow. And the reason for that was because we were all girls. We were at the mm. time three girls. Mm. And for him, my, my my dad's very learned and very exposed. Mm. And so for him, you hit, you know, he's heard certain things and seen mm. certain things. So mm. he was very protective. So mm. even when we would go to family members' house, he would be there with us. Mm. He would stay overnight with us mm. at my granddad's, his dad's house. He would. So my dad was very much involved growing up. It was mm. like that. And so for them to there be this transition mm. of where you call me. Mm -hmm. I call you, mm -hmm. like, for there to then be no relationship is, mm. for a while, it was kind of like, how, how do I reconcile that? How do I balance that? Mm. You know? And I think a lot of, a lot of the issues that I have, or I, I say I, because I'm the one physically sitting here, mm. but I would like to think that my sisters would probably say the same thing because mm. we all kind of went through the process together mm. is a lot of the issues uh, we have with our dad is not 
direct with our dad. Okay. It's via our mother to our dad or via uh, our dad to our mom. To our, do you okay. get what I mean? So it's not like hey, you children are the ones that did A, B, mm, and C mm. or we don't sit there thinking, you, you know, did. directly. Yes, it's as a result of whatever it is that happened with our mom that right. kind of brought us to this place of, okay, uh. why are you like this? And I think when he moved to England, we, 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 we saw the shift. Mm. And there was the shift of, like, I think, like you said, you give credit to your mom. Mm. Because your mom, you know, she had the baby. Mm. She just stepped up to the plate. Mm. Women have the ability to do that. And so when we moved to England, my mom had the ability to just work, go to school, look after the girls. And she did that consistently for like six years before my dad moved here. And so... But then when my dad came, it was kind of like my mom was still in that motion of just doing what she needed to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I cannot speak of what happened in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But what we d- we saw as children was the withdrawal of our dad oh. in taking responsibility for certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how like when you start school and your mom, like my mom just went and bought everything. Because it's September, she'll buy your winter boots, she'll buy your coats, she'll mm. buy your bag. She, mm. she just, you know, she just got on with it. Mm. Um, but then we kind of saw my dad take the back step in that place. Okay. For whatever reason, I cannot say. Mm. I can't say because I've never like spoken to him about it. Um, but what I do know is that um, going forward in life, mm. you start to understand that. Because because your dad is not there to one have those conversations of um you know this is how you deal with boys you get people used to make so much fun um but they they used to joke with my dad when we moved to northampton and they say oh you need to buy a dog because you have four Four girls girls. Mm -hmm. and we had like a black gate at the front of the house like a drive and then a black gate Mm. and people say you need to chain a dog to the black gate (laughs) you know people would joke and things like that but we we'd love her, her but it was kind of like people didn't know that that really it just wasn't there yeah. do you get what i mean and yeah. so protective. yeah the yeah. protective yeah so that wasn't there yeah. and so because that is not there um i'm coupled with the fact that we see mm. and as children what you see speaks so much more oh, yeah. than what, what is yeah. said yeah. yeah and so we we see you know that lack of protection from our dad mm. but we see that constant drive and ambition mm. and go-getting attitude from our mom. Mm. And we identify with that because we're women. Yeah. And so we just get on with it. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So you get, you know, sometimes men, now men, then mm. boys, mm. they approach you and you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can do this all by myself. Yeah. Kind of thing. And so... It's only now that you look back, that I look back, and then I'm able to say, oh, wow, yeah, like, you know. But I I think the one time that I identified that I had daddy issues was when I went to Nigeria, and I went to Nigeria for NYC, and I was, like, so far away from home, so far away from family, and Mm. there was just that need for... I just desired someone to be, be like, this covering, to watch over me, and just to ask simple things like have you eaten mm-hmm. yeah or like um you know do you have money for taxi do you have credit on your phone yeah 
these are the really, 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 really little things that whilst I was in Nigeria, even in Nigeria, they were little things, but there was that desire for someone to be able to kind of fill that spot. And, and, you know, I think it's going to come up later in making those decisions. I personally didn't make the right decisions in those spaces because I felt like there was this need or there was this place that was void Mm-hmm. And I needed someone to fill it. Mm-hmm. And the criteria was just anyone. anyone. Just come and fill it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that all stems from the fact that that protective nature was, was not there. That caring nature was not there. I remember when I went to uni. I think my dad came to see me of the three years I was at uni once. First year, first exam in the month of May 2005. And that was it? That was it. I remember my mum used to come to, <laughs> she'd drive up to come to relax my hair. <laughs> yeah. And so, for me, although I went home a lot, mm. but for me it was like, and then the other side of it, when I knew, when I knew like for sure I had daddy issues with, I had two friends that I did the whole of university with. Yes. And these two, ooh, involved. their dad was so much more involved than their moms. Mm. <laughs> And then it would be like, ah, these are dads as well. Like, mm. really? Mm. It actually helps you to pause. Because mm. sometimes you don't, like I said, a lot of this is hindsight. We're yeah, looking backwards. Back. We're being reflective. Mm. But really, in in those moments, moments, the only times I ever identified that dad is not doing really great too, is because I saw Ike and Azamta's dad, mm. and they were just... They were physically there, Mm. financially they were there, because I think for them they understood that it was their responsibility. Yeah. Emotionally they were there. Yeah. And it was from assumptions that I started to understand that daughters can have the relationship with their dads where they sit down and they ask, "What's happening in your life?" First time oh, a grown up man asked me that. Wow. It was Asamta's dad. I was in his house. Mm. I was 19 and I was he was like, Oh, he wants to have a chat with me. I should come into his study. Mm. I was like, okay. And he's like, Oh, you know, you're my friend's friend. She has brought you home, so she trusts you enough to yeah. bring you into our family home. Yeah. I want to get to know you. What are you about? What's going on in your life? How you get on at school? <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> you know one of those where you don't have a response yeah. so I think for me it, it it's in hindsight but also in those poignant moments mm. where you see other people's dads he's like ah oh, yeah my dad is not doing really great <laughs> but it's not only until maybe six years ago mm. that I started identifying mm. that I had daddy issues okay. um so yeah mm. um I- Sorry, before Ian talks, mm. that question of what's happening in your life, yeah. I don't think I've ever been asked that by my dad, or except for Pastor George, actually. Mm. But These are the things, yeah. I'm, my dad has never asked me what's happening in your life, mm. or what's going on in your life. Mm. Or, you know, and I feel like we will, we will get further into it, but for me, like, 
if I was to ask my dad now, growing up, what was my favourite colour, or who was my best friend, or what did I like to do, or what was my favourite thing to eat, mm. and things like that, I don't think he would, he would have the answer, because he never knew, and I felt like at that time, growing up, he never took the time to, to get to know, to get to know mm. me like that, or find out like that. So he would call and be like, hey, are you okay? How are you? Um, but then that would be it. He, I think that was as far as he would go. How are you? Are you okay? How's your health? Um, how's your mum? But it, it, was, it was just like a surface. Kind yeah. of question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just, yeah, that's very it familiar. wasn't yeah. deep. Mm. It wasn't deeper. It wasn't how are you how are you how are your friends or how's your day or what do you like to do or what's your favorite subject or what's your what what, what teacher do you like? Or, I think even those questions, it's not an asking type of question. Yeah, it's a physically being there yeah. kind of question. You pick it if up, you mm-hmm. if your dad takes you out, he he knows you like strawberry ice cream as a place to chocolate. Okay, yeah, he knows who your best friend is because if you bring your f- best friend home, home, oh, how are you? What's yeah. your name? Yeah, you know, he knows who the teachers are in school by virtue of physically being there. Being there. But then I can't blame him for that as well because he's not in the country. Yeah, he doesn't live here, mm. and he's never. He, he left when I was one, so he's never been back. Mm, okay. So for me, I feel like okay, you're you're over five thousand miles away. You would take the time as you call yes, to find out those things mm. about me, you know. Mm. And I feel like he never did that. And I would go and visit him, but he wouldn't ask me those questions. And I feel like. Okay, we're we're closer now, but he he wouldn't know. Mm. He wouldn't know what I liked to eat. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. Literally, I don't have a favorite color, but he wouldn't know. If he was to buy me stuff, he wouldn't. Unless I told him, oh, I'd want it in this color. Mm. So, Oyin, how do you how do you feel about? It's really funny because. Listening to both of you, sometimes I'm like, it makes me feel, do I even have daddy issues? Like, <laughs> do I, do they exist in my life? Yeah. Because I was fortunate enough to have everything that you lot are talking about. So yeah. my dad used to, my dad bought me my first pair of heels yeah. um, when I was like little, you know, those little church heels. Yeah. And he would take me shopping, he would take us out to eat. My dad used to tell us stories about how. He will use his last bit of money and um, he wouldn't know where the next income was coming from but he would still take us to McDonald's and we'll sit there together and eat and we were having a good time and he's just thinking how am I going to provide tomorrow and so I had that kind of relationship where my dad was and still is my all like he used to does ask how things are going, who wants to know. My dad was my tutor. Mm. My dad was my driver. My dad was my everything. Mm. Um, and it's really funny because my mom, she used to do all the home things that like she would cook for us and do everything. But we used to get excited for where my dad used to cook. 
because we secretly liked his rice better than my mum's <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and he would allow us to do the bush Sorry, things that yeah. my mum hated like yeah. eating from the pot and all that stuff so when I was growing up my dad is, was very much involved even now he's still involved but things changed when he left the house so I don't what else can I say like I just know that because my dad was so present when I was younger it saddens me when we have memories and any doesn't have my younger mm. sister doesn't have those memories yeah. uh. and that makes me sad yeah. and it irks me when my dad says things like oh you she's my daughter I know her and I'm like no you don't mm. but mm. it's finding that strength to say no you don't like she I live with her yeah. And even when I was away, I came back and I still know who she is. You mm. don't, you don't really, you don't really know her. Mm. And it's like his absence hasn't lowered his position in our life because even though when he was absent, he was still very present. Mm. So he would still come to the parents parent meetings, even though he wasn't at home with us. Mm. He would still make sure that he knew everything. But I think because he was so present, even though he was away, mm. when we had arguments or um, disagreements my dad will say harsh things so because when he says it we hold on to it even more mm-hmm. and I think that has played especially on myself and my um, immediate sister's mm-hmm. mind a lot Emmy is blessed that she never ever had to experience that side mm-hmm. of him mm-hmm. so we grow up thinking we're less than we are mm-hmm. and as a girl you don't Ugh. you don't need that you need someone to be uplifting you all the time and it's crazy because my dad is the best uplifter and the best encourager ever but it's like he I feel like he didn't understand that the good the good words that he sowed in our lives they will grow Mm. but he's also sowed weeds in our lives that are strangling it as it's growing so if it's like there's beautiful, he's planted all these beautiful flowers, but attached to every flower is a weed that is equally mm. growing and still stifling the flowers that yeah. are growing. Yeah. And um, it like takes strength to be the ones to like literally separate the weeds from the flowers. Mm. And sometimes when you're taking away the weed, you're taking away the flower. Yeah. Mm. So all the good words are going away. Mm. All the encouragement disappears. And all you're left with is just this blank and this yeah. feeling that like you're worthless. That's right. And um, sometimes like it's it's one of those things where it has affected me. It's affected the choices. And my dad will one day I remember when I was in university and he said that he was disowning me, and I was just wow. like, what? And that moment I realized my life just went upside down. So my decision making went mad. I used to go from this like wonderful, like person. not person, but I was so I didn't compromise. Mm. I was a very like if you did something that wasn't that like, it was against my moral standard, I wouldn't stand for it. Yeah. From the moment he said he disowned me, it's like the door just opened to rubbish. And I was just compromising. I was allowing anything to come through. And I realised that I was like, where, like, why has this happened? And I I realised that the person who was my rock, the person who told me that he was God, like, he's my God on earth. Like, he's supposed to be the father. So, because he's the father, he's like, and God is the father, he's supposed to represent that protection, that provision, everything. And you just left me. So I feel like when he left me, 
I also felt like God left me. Mm. Because you can't equate yourself to, you can't say you represent God and then do that. So I was just like, then if you represent God, that means God can just leave me like that as well. So therefore, I opened up my life to things that, I think half of the things that I should not have done. But then he'll come back. And um, when he came back, I would, everything will be okay again. And so, yeah, it was one of the, that's what I've realised, that when my dad's not present in my life, my decision making goes a bit mad mm. or I start feeling things that I should I feel a bit depressed I feel empty I feel like lonely and because he is my best friend he he calls me his conf- confident mm. confidant mm. Um, and I think although he's not my confidant <laughs> there's a lot of things that he we have together so if I had a boyfriend I don't think I would tell my mum first I mm. think I would have told him mm. um, but then those things are not there anymore because it's like, can I, can I even call you sometimes? Mm. Am I allowed to talk to you? Mm. When you're fighting me, mm. um, are you ready to hear what I have to say? Or mm. when I have something to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. Like my feelings are not real. Yeah. Um, or relevant. Or, mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so. I think those are the times that I realised that I have daddy issues when my decision making, when I notice that he, when he's not present in my life, things start to shake more. Mm. But it's all about trying to build those kind of, like, no, relying on God. Mm. Like, honestly, if I feel like if I didn't know who God was, mm, you won't know me today. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> you won't know me today. Um, but and it's, it takes a lot of healing, it takes mm. a lot of strength, mm-hmm. and it takes a good standing mentally as well to yeah. withstand all of that. But yeah, but sometimes I don't know if it's called, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't call it daddy issues because I feel like they're just issues. But the person that you have those issues with have a very big effect in your mm-hmm. life because I could say I have mummy issues as well, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and I feel like that gets swept under the carpet very quickly by everyone yeah it's like your daddy issues are more important than your mommy issues and I'm like no they're not because your mother held you in her womb so if anything that will be that should be more significant if you have those kind of issues yeah um so the question is when did I like realize that well let me go back a bit so my relationship with my dad, as I mentioned, like now we're quite surface level, and I think it probably goes back to when I was very young. So I've got two elder brothers, mm. and they're quite close in age. And then five years later, I came, mm. and um, so I was very much like the princess, the one I'd been waiting for. They wanted the girl, they wanted a girl, and then I came. Mm. So I was very spoiled. Um, anything that I'd want from my dad, I could ask. I remember him, you know, saying, "Now oh, here's an Argos catalogue, <laughs> circling what I wanted. And then he'd just, like, give me the money, even to the point that if my brothers wanted something, they would tell me to go and ask dad. <laughs> um, and we had a kind of arrangement where, you know, because academically, as you know, all of us from Nigerian background, so, yeah. you know, as long as you're doing well in school, you know, dad was happy, mum was yeah. happy, dad was happy. So, and I was blessed that, you know, I was doing very well at school, and so, like, the relationship was working just fine. Mm. Um, however, there was like conflict in the home, but not kind of direct, like what 
or in a shed, but I could definitely tell something was underlying mm. the fact that, you know, parents evenings, my dad would say that he would be there and then he just wouldn't show up mm. or like the weekends and him just not being around and I and I could ju- I just knew that in my young mind something just wasn't quite right because mm. I had friends and they knew where their dad was or mm. um and then later when I realized that this was happening because my dad had another family mm. and um I think that was really hard for me to reconcile this person who I really looked up to and really doted on me as his daughter. Mm. But then I could see how much hurt he was causing my mum mm. and see my mum go through that process and, and trying to reconcile, okay, I love my mum and I love my dad, but my dad is making my mum sad. Mm. And so, from and I just didn't know what to do with it. And because... When my dad would come, he would be, you know, all smiles and everything. Like, I just didn't really know what to do with that. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, again, in the Nigerian family, dad would often be like the um, like the disciplinarian. Even though my mum is a very strong woman and she would discipline us. Mm-hmm. But there'd be times where, you know, my dad would be unhappy about something. And then he would, you know, discipline. He never beat me, but he would discipline my brothers. And I could see them reacting in a way that the relationship was not there so how does he then have the right to come and discipline them when he doesn't even know them Mm. um and making all of these expectations so when you know his friends might come and then we would have to come and you know all of the nigerian culture and you couldn't let you know bow Mm. and bring Mm. and and it all see it started to me to feel very fake because i knew that there was no real relationship even me being very spoiled and again it was so one-dimensional if I wanted something I could ask and he'd try and give me money but he didn't really know much about me who I was we didn't Mm. spend any time together Mm. and so we'd kind of but then he'd be very quick to kind of show me off as somebody who was doing well or you know I went to Cambridge so I was and as I got older I just started to say see through it and it Mm. just it felt wrong, it felt fake, but I didn't really know how to challenge it mm. because my dad is not a very confrontational person, nor, nor am I by nature. But so, so then I felt fake because I had all of these feelings and I didn't know how to broach the topic. Mm. So I would just go back to default and just mm. pretend like everything it's was fine and everything wasn't fine. Mm. And even got to a stage where like, I didn't realise, but because of a lot of like broken promises and him saying he'd be somewhere and he wasn't, and there'd be no explanation why we had, I hadn't seen him, and then I'd be hearing things from my mum about what he was, what he had done, but then when he'd come back home, he said everything was fine. So I didn't realise that, but I became very distrusting of what men said. I just couldn't tell. I was like, say something nice to me. I don't. I don't, don't care. <laughs> Saying something that's not nice, you're you're, yeah, you're probably lying. Yeah. 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 yeah, and um, yeah, it did affect some relationships I was in because even you know, you know, when I started dating my now husband, and yeah. um, you know, he'd be you know, we'd be talking, and and they'd still have this thing like, but you're just saying that. And, you know, I just, I like had a barrier there that I didn't realise was there mm. because I was just used to just, I just don't trust what you say and just mm. not letting people get, get close. Mm, yeah. So I think that was probably when I started to realise when I was in a relationship that 
I was I didn't really trust what men would say because I'd kind of seen a kind of two facedness yeah, almost with my yeah double standard yeah. with my dad and again yeah I don't know if if it's direct it's indirectly actually it is from yeah that, yeah so <laughs> is it? yeah that's what it is so that yeah um, I I feel like um. I thought, actually, I I always knew I had daddy issues. I always knew. And I feel like maybe because he wasn't in my house. Mm. So I, I never lived with him. So I always, I've always established that there was an issue with my dad. Um, because... He never, I never lived with him. I didn't know him like that. I didn't know him every day. Um, and I felt like I had to sort of, like you said, keep up an appearance with him because he wasn't there every day. I had mm. to behave a, a certain kind of way. Um, and do certain kind of things so that he could, I could get his approval, mm. if that made sense. And, um, I, I knew that, but then I didn't realise that because he wasn't there every day and he would say some things to me and then they would, oh, I, you know, I would do this or don't worry, I'll, I'll get, I'll get it sorted or, Oh, don't worry, I'll give you the money for it. Or don't worry, I'll, I would help you out. And then it never happened. So for me, when I saw a guy trying to say things like that to me, I would just put shut it down. down. Yeah, shut down. Yeah. Like, shut it down immediately. Because I didn't believe that they would actually come through. Mm. That's really funny because I I did the same thing but in a different way. Mm. So when I don't even think it, it was only it wasn't only men but it hurt when it was men yeah. more than it when yeah. it was women. Mm. Yeah. But when people would say that they were gonna do something and then they didn't follow through, mm. that was that used to be one of my greatest irks in yeah. life. Like yeah. I'm I used to be like don't say anything. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. keep them yeah. shut. Yeah. Yeah. Don't promise anything. Don't yeah. even bring up the idea don't say maybe just sit don't say anything that's it because once you say it and once you put it out there i will hold on to it it. and i think that's one of the things where my dad left if he said he was coming the way everyone make sure the house is clean make sure everything is nice put on your best clothes make sure you look presentable mm. is your hair like properly because mm. mm. my dad will comment he will comment yeah. if you put on weight if you lost weight he will say it all because that's just his personality mm. but we will get ready and if he doesn't come it's just like oh, okay so we got ready for nothing mm. and then it's just like okay take off everything be yourself again almost be yourself again mm. or Sometimes it's just like, okay, I mean, there's no need to get excited anymore. Yeah. And so I used to be like, 
don't say anything don't read and sometimes it's not even grand gestures sometimes it's just them being there yeah. and that will be enough yeah. and i feel like i've carried that as well so some sometimes it's like oh no we don't have to go out and eat we don't have to do anything just stay like yeah. just be here for a moment and it'll be okay like I can handle that. You don't need to do much. And sometimes I feel like, but don't I need much? Mm. Like, shouldn't I want to be taken out? Shouldn't I want to be like spoiled or yeah. things like that? But because those little moments matter so much, yeah. it's like almost I kind of almost devalue myself. Or mm. big gestures are not. I don't need. I feel like I don't need them. Mm. And sometimes it can. Sometimes it can lower your worth. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes some people will see it very humble or very nice. And mm. uh, for me, because he he wasn't physically here in the country mm. where I grew, like where I was growing up, it was hard for me. So he wasn't physically. I I was born here and then I moved to Nigeria when I was three so I lived in Nigeria for about seven years before coming back Mm. to London and all that time he wasn't physically in the country I wasn't physically seeing him yet he wasn't physically or he was coming or so that wasn't um a big deal for me but then it was things like, oh, I'm, I'm um, turning 14 or I'm turning 15 and I want to go out with my friends. And he'd be like, oh, I'd send you money to go out with your friends. And then that the money would never come. And I couldn't go out with my friends, if that made sense. Mm. So I would plan for that. And then I have the embarrassing moment of telling my friends oh sorry we can't do it anymore because I can't afford it I would never say oh it's because my dad dad said yeah Yeah. my dad was gonna send me the money but then Mm. he had other you know things to do or he had um disappointments so I obviously didn't get the money um so I don't know how to say it, but it was like, because he wasn't physically living in the country or around me, so those kind of, he's coming and he wasn't coming, wasn't, wasn't really, really yeah, like it wasn't really bad for me, but I felt like me going to see him, I think growing up, I could count the amount of times I saw him. At one point, I could count, like, and then it was, I was three, and then I never saw him till I was about 10 years old. Were you talking to him in that time? So we would talk on the phone, Mm. and it wasn't like a regular thing, Mm -hmm. because obviously I was living in Nigeria, and then phones then were not (laughs) phone lines were not great at all so but when i moved back to london um i was able to talk to him and then i lived with his mum 
so he, when he would call to speak to his mum, I would speak to him then and then would get to talk. But then before that, it wasn't, the communication wasn't great at all. And then it'd be a thing of, oh, um, I, re I remember growing up in Nigeria and um, when I was three, I was diagnosed with diabetes and you know I would come here would come back and forth come for the summer get the medication and then go back to Nigeria and things and then my mom was living in Nigeria and she had a very good job and she was able to like help she didn't really like rely on my dad for anything but you know there were times where it would be a bit difficult and then my mom would kind of call him to say oh um please could you help us out and he'd be like oh you're a british citizen so um you can go to you can go back to london i didn't i didn't tell you to go to nigeria so you know you could be a british citizen and nhs is free so you could go back to London and get on the NHS and you get all the things that you need you know and that was kind of like the response from him at that time and for me I just like I didn't really read into it then so I just yeah I was yes. too young and I just brushed it off like oh, okay you know, and but I felt like as I was growing older, and I was getting older, then it was like, um, you're my dad, and I feel like you should have, um, or feel a need to provide something or contribute to my growing up or my you know my needs as well you know health wise or not you know mm -hmm. um and it wasn't it wasn't very nice but i just like you said i was young so i just didn't read into it mm -hmm. but as i got older i was like oh then I'd, i remember going to say to my mom oh isn't my dad going to help out or is he going is he not going to contribute and she'd be like no baby like um daddy can't really afford it right now so you know she just thank god for my mom because she just and she never like covered up or like said oh this is from me and dad or you know she never covered up what my dad couldn't do or try to fill in the shoes of what my dad should do mm. which i'm grateful for but she she did her best mm. and she did a lot she did a whole lot you know nigeria i never went to like a public school i went to private schools and my mom would always pay for like my schooling and yeah like holidays i would always come to the uk 
every year and she would pay I had the best of everything clothes shoes um, schools piano lessons ballet lessons everything like if I wanted it and she could afford it she would do it and she would pay for it and it was hard for her I you know she was a single mom you know there's only one child but you know it wasn't easy you mm. know so so I think like with what you and Tori said and um, about dad saying I will do A and he doesn't do A mm. I didn't get that mm. um, he, he just didn't say he'd do anything <laughs> so when, did I want to laugh? Sorry, is that worse? We, yeah, it is yes. worse. Like, what like, did he do? So when 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 it got to that place where it was kind of like he began to be reclusive, mm-hmm. right? So I can identify with you or where you said you know your dad took you shopping and he bought your first heels. So my dad did that with all of us. He bought mm-hmm. all of us, I think, except for Shadi, our first bras. Oh wow! And I remember the first time he had asked me, "Oh, you know, where do you want to go to get your first?" We went to decathlon. I bought a sports bra, <laughs> and I remember, you know, it was a summer, and um, we used to live in Rotherhithe, so we literally just walked across. And um, so I didn't. The things that my dad said he would do, he did. Yeah. For mm. as far back as I can remember, and it was back, back, back. He did. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's not that. Okay. He said he would do this, and he didn't. Mm. He just stopped saying he would do A, B, C. Okay. It just kind of stopped. Stopped. And I think it it first is to it's somewhat of a shock to your system because you can't quite get understand under okay. or understand you know the the disparity from here to here, which mm. are two total extreme ends. Mm. But um. But then what that causes you to do is have no expectation whatsoever oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so if if someone said something to me now i'd be like okay you said it so i do have that where i'm i'm a firm believer in be a man of your word and that's for a man or a woman be a man of your word if you say i'm going to go then go if you say i'm going to come then come if you say i'm gonna sit here with you for next for the next hour just sit there mm-hmm. that's if you say you're going to do it, do it. Mm. And I'd like to think that um, I'm able to live up to that very same expectation. Yeah. But because my dad, we kind of went through that place where my dad just stopped saying, I would do, I would do, I would do. It just completely stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I just became very, became very independent. Um, not necessarily that I wouldn't trust. I'm a very trusting, trusting person. And I think I still am. I'm just, I'm not a pessimist either. Mm. I'm not pessimistic. I'm trusting, but there's this part of me that if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, for me, it's like, okay. Mm. And then like. I'm very logical. And so people have asked me. I remember the first time someone said to me, do you have daddy issues? In my head, I just kind of really quickly built an argument. And I came <laughs> to the conclusion. So I'm very logical. Mm. It's A plus B. You know, that's just how it works in my brain. And I think part of it is because I studied law. But mm. I'm very logical in my thinking. Mm. And so it's kind of like 
when, when, when I think about it, I'm because I'm logical and because I'm independent and because I've gone through the phase of no, dad is not promising anything. Mm-hmm. Just get on with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah. you just get on with life and you mm-hmm. build this resistance yeah. to um, one people saying they're gonna do something. One people saying they're gonna do something and then they don't do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other side of that is you find yourself when someone does come along and they say they're gonna do something. You don't want that. And they do it. It's not even that. Oh. And they do it. You then put that person right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, like, oh. You're like, this is my G. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's kind of, you've gone through that whole process of no promises. Yeah. Someone comes along, they didn't quite do it. You're like, it's all right. No, you know, and then you, and, and some, and a lot of the times I, I think I like to self check a lot of the times when people say, and, and you know, when a guy comes along or anybody comes along and they say they're going to do A, B or C, um, I like to kind of give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt. But I think when you do come across that one person, and in my life, I they're consistently, you know, not consistently, but I can see a pattern. And I can go back a few years, six, seven years, and I can say, oh, this person was in my life. And what he said he would do, he did it. Mm. Consistently. Mm. Every time. Mm. All the time. There was never a, I'll come and get you, and he and didn't show up. Do you know what I mean? And so, or it was like, we'll go get lunch. Oh, it was really, really the smallest thing. And so, whether or not that person is the right person for you, a good person for you to be in relationship with, or you kind of don't see none of that anymore. You then don't really, you don't reason in a logical process anymore. You place them in this position where you're just like, yeah, like you said you're gonna do that, and like, and then they start to become your everything, yeah. and then the center of your world. Because mm. it comes, it goes past logic. Because that's kind of like that's heart issue. That is straight. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That, that logic stuff at that it's point. Gone. Oh, it's out the window. No. <laughs> it's it's it. out the window. Mm. That's yeah. just it. And they become. I feel like somebody told me once before that. A girl always wants to be treated like a princess. And not me personally, but <laughs> No, but to be honest, let's let's face it, you might not want to be treated like a princess, but you do desire it. You desire oh, it's to, be, yeah, to, to, to be to be cared for, to be valued, to be known, to be cared for, to be loved, to be cherished. There's no girl that would tell me oh, yeah, that they wouldn't want that, you mm. know, or to be treat to be treated like a princess, not like to be um, given everything or paid for everything or, or, or not like that. Not like but, that, yeah. You know. You do want to have to be treated like a a man, a man to be treat treat you like you're valued, valued yeah. 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 You know, you're valuable. You know, you're loved. You're cherished. You know, and it it is 
it's quite tough sometimes. Excuse me. Um, and I, for me, I feel like I've never had a relationship where I was treated or valued like a human being. You know. You mean full stop or by a male figure? No, by male. Mm. And I'm not saying like, um, not like Pastor George or not like that, but in a relationship where I was with a guy and he treated me or loved me or valued me like you felt you the way I deserved. And that's because your father normally is the first person that does that. So yes. Your father is the person. Sorry, out of the doorbell. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I feel like maybe that's because your father is the first male figure yeah. in your life. Yeah. yeah. And what he says and what he does is your first representation of what yeah. a man should do that's for you. Right. Yes. And so I remember one time where um, <laughs> it was funny because I was actually with one of... Oh, I don't even want to explain that because that was messy. Um, I was with an auntie... Mm. And she was just like, oh, are you, um, have you not got a boyfriend? And my dad was there and 